0: Hello, and welcome back to the PPC Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Gerhardt, and today we're having a very special episode where we've got a number of us uh, participating today. So uh, we're actually recording this Sunday after church, and uh, the sermon this Sunday uh, was taught by both Tim and Alfredo, also known as Tim Fredo. And uh, welcome, guys. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, today we're going to be kind of talking a little bit about the sermon from control to collaboration. And uh, you guys did a great job of collaborating yourselves, right? Having the two of you not just teach, but also talk about uh, what you learn from each other and what you thought was interesting. And, um, Sam, I think we'll start with you. Actually, first, let's start with how this came to be. Tell us a little bit about how this idea of a collaborative Sunday morning came
1: yeah so I did share a little bit about this in the sermon itself. Um, one of the things was uh, recently, I just had a bit of a breakdown. um there was a lot that was on my plates um and so definitely getting some wise counsel of how can I cut different things back um, and then also too um We're, uh, you know, in this week right now with uh, Pastor Tobin on vacation, and so different things um, just uh, in terms of responsibilities, seeing what's going to be happening on Sunday morning. And so um, Pastor Alfredo and I, we uh, started talking about it, um, and uh, the best option that we came up with was actually um, us pairing together, um, coming up together as Tim Fredo, and um, how it actually emphasizes that message of collaboration so well in a very practical way. Um, so I'm really glad to work with him. I'm glad that it worked out this way um, because partnership multiplies ministry.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was fascinating because we had different plans, right? Tim, Tim and I had different different plans. And then we talked about it over the phone, I believe. And, um, and so we said, you know, we don't have to go... Either or we can do it together that way, and so if we even plan it uh, in a way that will be like we did. Right? We normally well, you know, we have we had done it recently with Pastor Tobin, right? That like I speak or, and he responds, or he, he speaks and I respond, and so so it was interesting because we kind of. Somehow we updated it, so right because normally it was one person preaching and then the other one responding. And then this time was two people preaching actually a small sermon or pa- half of the sermon, and the other one responding. Which I think is co- it continued to develop our ability to do this together with Tim, with you, Garrett. Right now three people now instead of two, right? Right, right, and, and other people um, working together. So I think I, I appreciate working. Um, Close closely together with some other people like you, Tim. I really appreciate working with you, by the way.
0: Yeah, so I'm, Tim, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you went first this morning uh, asking a few questions and let you know kind of what I gleaned from it. One of the things I thought was good was your tie-in several times to some pop culture references, and Harry <laughs> Potter was a great one. And there's this scene in Harry Potter, and I don't know what of the nine or eight Harry Potters that it is, but Hermione gets this ability to go back in time. And the only thing she can think of to do that would make her life quote unquote, better would be to go back and take as many classes as possible, right? So she like doubles her. Oh, look, I can go back in time. I'll just double my class load. So I'll go through the class one time and then I'll go back in time and go to a different class. Of course, in the movie, things get a little messed up where she doesn't know what classes she's in and she keeps forgetting. And you tied that into, we have so much to do, but not enough time. How does that uh, kind of tie into um, needing help and looking for others to really collaborate in life with?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think that uh, a lot of us just uh, take on those loads ourselves. Um, we have our to do list. Um, and then I think there's that aspect of control where. I want to do it the way that I want. Um, And so um, we just end up seeing that our to-do list ends up becoming longer and longer. And I think we try to work smarter, try to be more efficient. But in reality, it just frees up more time to put more things onto that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes we don't realize that there could be other people that we can ask for help. Um, Sometimes it's not even just help, but just perspective. Um, In fact, I was talking to a college student earlier, and uh, she was just saying, oh, man, my life's a mess. Um, Just have like, you know, juggling multiple jobs, school, all of that. And, you know, sometimes I wonder not just no one can go to class for her. No one could do work for her. But if someone could sit her down like, hey, let's look at your schedule. Um, How is your time being budgeted? Um, And so there's a lot of ways that. Asking for help isn't just, can you do this for me? But rather, can I get your perspective? Because sometimes Mm. I'm so absorbed with what I'm going. And uh, it just seems all, everything just seems too urgent, too important to be able to let go.
0: Yeah, maybe someone uh, asking for help, like, do I need to be living my life like this? Like, is this really uh, just normal? Mm -hmm. You know, I see that a lot in college students, like um, they're living their life in a way that is that is um, on the very edge, and they look around and feel that pressure and th- assume that's how they're supposed to live and act. You have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so I believe what uh, we're talking about is the, in, the importance of uh, really acknowledging our limitations or our limits. You know, we have physical limitations, but we also have limits you know in general right it could be psychological it could be emotional it could be a spiritual we all have some limits and I think those are also called boundaries and I think it is important to, to recognize them and the fact that this college student can come to you and say hey Tim my life is a, is a mess that's basically asking for help somehow because she's coming to you and I think that we probably need to get better at it to recognize or recognizing when people is asking for help without asking, li- you know, with a, a specific word like, Garrett, will you please help me? Right. Maybe if I'm telling you, hey, uh, I'm overwhelmed already. Like uh, sometimes I has, I said that to you, uh, Garrett, hey, I'm, you know, very busy with so many stuff. Basically, I'm tell- telling you somehow at least listen to me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> So yeah. it's helpful. Um, so yeah, so that's the perspective that I've, that I, that I bring
0: to that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, Tim, let me run through, uh, the points that you brought this morning. Um, and, uh, we can talk a little bit about how maybe we can apply these things or we can give examples for our listeners. Uh, you, you th- say there's three barriers to asking for help and those are, uh, barrier number one was control. Uh, barrier number two is self-reliance and then barrier number three is overburden. Um, If you haven't listened to the the sermon, you can do that here uh, on the PPC website um, as well, right here on the podcast. The podcast is the sermon and the sermon is the podcast, just different episodes. So you can go back and listen to those. But Tim, um, how do you think we can apply these, let's just say, in any given week of our life?
1: Yeah. Um, So, you know, one of the aspects of control, I think, is I want things done Uh, My way, Um, how many times are, you know, uh, you finding yourself in terms of a meal and you're like, oh, I want to, you know, have this done my way.
0: Isn't that why we get Korean barbecue so we can just get whatever we want?
1: Exactly. All you can eat, whatever you want. Um, But then what could it actually look like to collaborate as a family to do it together? Um, What could it look like to invite others or actually what if, you know, you could uh, get on um, a schedule of actually having community meals where maybe one night I'm hosting, maybe another night you are. And that frees us up, but also it's beneficial for all of us to come together. Mm. Um, I think sometimes it's scary to let go of control um, because. We always want things a certain way, but, um, yeah, meals can be like that. I know that, you know, many families carpool, um, in order to take kids to school or Mm -hmm. working that around, or even having that free time, um, babysitting and collaborating in that way. Um, sometimes we just feel like we need to take care of it ourselves. And so that's what we do.
0: What about overburden? So let's say you're, you're a family and you feel like, um, you just got so much going on. Tim, can you just tell us uh, what we should drop? Uh, But I guess more specifically, how do we how do we let people come in and help with if our life has just got too much that we're doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really great point. And oftentimes I think we project our assumptions on other people. We're thinking I'm overburdened. They are. They don't want another thing on their plate. And uh, one of the things I think that we always uh, that I use as a principle um, is don't say no for the other person oftentimes I'm projecting they're gonna say no so I shouldn't even ask mm. um, but ch- you know chances are um, especially in the church um, there are so many people who are willing to serve willing to love um, but no one really goes up to ask mm-hmm. them um, you know here there's so many people who are very generous with their time um, very generous with their resources and I found that sometimes just asking um, can be a way not only to um, have some help, um, but also um, extend that relationship, build that even. Um, And so it's even biblical, you know, we have not because we ask not. How many times do we not live into that because we're projecting, oh, they're Mm -hmm. already busy, they're going to say no. Um, Mm -hmm. So sometimes it just is, hey, I need some help with this. Uh, Would you be able to give me a hand?
0: Hmm. Maybe we're overburdened because we haven't even asked for help to Mm -hmm. begin with. huh? Alfredo, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so I really like what uh, Tim said about projecting ourselves into other people's lives, especially when he said um, we are overburdened and then we are thinking somebody else might be this, might be that way too. And you say something about already g- getting a no without even asking for, for something. And so I really like that because I believe people is ready to help. And kind of give you a, pr- a practical example when it comes to meals, when he was talking about meals. You know, one of the practices that I, practice that i do or i have when i go to a new restaurant every time i go to a new restaurant i try my best to ask the person who is taking care of me to help me build the, the meal that i'm going to eat that day easily i ask them let's say you know let's say is, is, is this person is Peter or, or or Sandra, hey, you know this is my first time here. Will you please help me build my food? And and, and basically, this person is light her face or his face light up, lights up, and, and say, yeah, I can help you with that. And I said, can I give can can you please give me your favorite food, your best food? And the person will be happy to do that. So that's part of my experience. So I think what we need to do is be able to and willing to ask more specifically, like. Could you please help me build this? Whatever that might be, and my case is food. Normally, it normally goes amazing. The the place that they make for me are awesome, and that's my experience. Yeah,
1: and one thing I'd I'd even add add to that. Um, I think in the age of social media, sometimes we make our asks for help. Um, on social media. And that's actually not very helpful because someone's going to assume when they see it, well, there's hundreds of other people who are seeing this. So Mm -hmm. um, let them help. But um, I think especially in this day and age, we need to think specific, not just specific tasks, but specific people Um, going up to them because it's a lot more relational um, to go up to someone in person like, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this. Can I use your help? rather than posting it on Facebook or something like that, and then expecting someone to respond. Um, crowdsourcing works good for major causes, but it doesn't work the best in terms of, hey, I'm a person and I need
0: help. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, I think we're also more vulnerable when we do that. It's a little bit more scary to to ask someone. But like you said, it's if we're afraid of the no, um, then we'll probably never ask to begin with, and we'll never get the that help, that, help that we need. Um, moving along, Alfredo, you came up after Tim and, uh, you kind of summed up and here's, I loved what you said. Um, you pointed out, uh, something that Tim said and you kind of summed it up. Like, um, there's a difference. Thankful. I had to ask for help versus unfortunately I had to ask for help, right? Like changing the narrative from Tim had said, you know, we should be thankful that we had to ask for help for several reasons. One of them was, um, you can be an opportunity for others to be a blessing, you know, and to serve. But that's a mind shift, right? Thankful, looking at asking for help as something that um, is a good opportunity in our life versus, unfortunately, I had to ask for help. Uh, How did that hit you? Tell me a little bit about what you were thinking when you learned that.
2: Well, if you allow me to go back to the last Sunday sermon, we were talking about, you know, pronoia and and theopronoia. remember that conversation that we had. So what did we say there was that... uh, people are is ready to help you out, you know, even more than people. I mean, no more than people, but next to people or, you know, alongside of people, God is there to support you and to help you. So when you say something like, thankfully, like he said, thankfully I ask for help, I believe that he's basically supporting the, the idea and the, and the belief, the principle, that people is ready and willing to help you uh, maybe not everybody but a good number of people is ready to help you and the reason why i say unfortunately is because some people feel shamed and humiliated when they have to recognize recognize that they probably are no uh, able to fulfill this task uh, because they are missing some strength some support w- w- whatever they need right but normally they wanted to do it on their own mm-hmm. and that's okay i mean i think it's important to do some stuff on your own but you know, m- normally, if you are sorry that you need to ask for help, you got to review yourself a little bit because that means that you are placing yourself higher up uh, um, be, uh, higher up than anybody else. And that's a little bit risky because you might be asking to be in a place that you're not ready for, uh, strength that you need to be in that, that, that particular place. So I think when you are sorry, uh, that says a lot about, about yourself, about myself, about all of us. And it's better to be thankful mm-hmm. that uh, I have Gary, your support, or Tim, your support, or Pastor Toby, or any person whatsoever, our wives, you know, you wife to be is coming, so any Tim. <laughs> so it doesn't matter, you know, anybody who can help, that would be great.
0: Yeah, that makes me, uh, when you talk about, you know, not being sorry, it makes me think of when I first started in ministry, I was an intern, and we had this uh, secretary of the youth ministry, she's a, a dear friend of mine, but whenever... Uh, I have a task, and so maybe it was a youth pastor or her, like go, go you know, go set up chairs for youth group or go uh, set up this game. I would immediately go to the group of students who were hanging out, getting ready for youth group, and ask them to help. You know, just how I was. And one day she asked me, "How come you always ask for help? Just go do it." Like not in a negative way. But she's like, "How come you just? It'd probably be faster if you just went and did it." And I said, "I was, you know, 19 at the time, and um, probably a little bit too naive, but I thought, you know, I just want to give these kids a chance to." To help, And it will take longer, and I'll probably get frustrated that they're throwing things around and just being teenagers, but I just wanted to give them the opportunity to serve. And if I never asked, then they never would get that opportunity to serve God and serve his kingdom. So I think it's it's changing how we look at asking for help, um, making it less about us, even though we're asking for help, and more about them and their relationship with God. I think that's significant. Let me run through the three points Alfredo that you brought uh, this morning for us. Uh, you said how to overcome these barriers, these barriers of asking for help. And uh, you you said, uh, number one was humility, uh, which you tied to uh, a humble person like Jesus, for example, was humble so much so that he was not welcomed. People couldn't handle that humility. Uh, number two was flexibility. And number three was empowering. Um, I know that's a lot. And you, that was you know the entire bulk of, of your teaching. But if you could... What are some ways we can practice these things in our day-to-day life?
2: Like humility, for instance, or or um, any
0: any of the any of them, yeah. Yeah, so let's humility, try. Humility, sure. Hmm? Yeah, humility. You can start with that.
2: Yeah. So, um, for instance, we are here together, three of us. It could have been probably easier for you, Garrett, to just have one of us.
0: <laughs> we than, did have some technical difficulties. Yes,
2: than three of us. Yeah but you were willing to do that, and as we tried to prepare that, talking about technical difficulties, we tried to collaborate among all of, all of all the three of us, and even though we could not do the, your job, which is your technical, I mean, job, that piece of putting together all this stuff, we were there with you, and you noticed that, right? You, 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 yeah. You did you notice that? Well, basically, what I'm trying to say here is I, I really appreciate your the, the, your flexibility, and, that, and this is obviously the, this podcast, podcast is not about you or about me or about tim or whatever but practical example is when you are willing to say okay three is is, is, a, is, a, is a, what is company right <laughs> three, three is company yeah. but you were willing to do this anyways i mean you could have just tim because i spoke last week and so we we're in, I, I probably didn't mind it i wouldn't not have mind it. but we did it so that's the one practical example so i want you to to know that we appreciate that from you and we appreciate that from Tim. He has to go in about five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, I don't know, and he's still here yeah. recording this. So for me, that is, 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 is flexibility, is humility. But let me just give you one more. Um, when Jesus chooses you know, his 12 disciples, don't you know and don't we know that they were not ready for the task yet? To the point that one of them was a cheater, I mean, one of them was basically s- stealing money from the from the bag that the the common bag that they were using, and yet he even chose him. Now we know, you know, if we go th- through theology and all that, which is important, we will say, well, that w- the reason was because of this or that, whatever. But he chose them even though they were not ready yet, and he. Ca- kept training them, and I think in a, in a practical matter, there will be church, you know, some people in our church are probably not ready for some some, some tasks that we want them to perform, but can we try, can we give them a chance, can we allow them, like you did, for instance, with Isa, Isa is so thrilled that he has been given opportunity here at church, some of them have been given by you as a youth pastor, and he was telling me the other day, you know, like more than four months ago, probably six months ago, how thrilled he was that even though he didn't he didn't know a lot of stuff at church, he was learning, 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 and part of that was because you allow him to do that, even though you have to take a risk. and And I just say in general, it could be other other people in our church, but he said that he was thrilled and he was grateful, and that's practical and that's humility. Uh, from, on your side and then on, our, on our own side. So, um, is that?
0: Yeah, I mean, great. how do we? How do we? Uh, that was really good, and 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 I would love to respond to that. But um, yeah, Tim's like got to go repeat. to his his yeah, island yeah. later today. I would like
2: you to respond. Can you respond?
0: Please? Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I, I think I, I see that a lot, and I'm sure Tim has examples working in in ministry, university of of people who are really good at what they do. Um, not that they're not humble; they can be humble people. But when it comes to Probably your point number three, when it comes to empowering others, it's a real, it's a real struggle for them because they they see this level of an excellence. I don't mean that all things are good all the time, but this standard, and they want to, before they allow someone to, before they empower someone, they kind of hope that they get up to this minimum standard. And without intentional development, if they have time for that, um, they may never meet that standard. Yet, look at Jesus, um, apostles were not trained for quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, not trained for any type of, of ministry um, that we would think other than who God made them to be. And yet Jesus chose these guys to literally lead Christianity from this point on. So if we look at that example, then um, the standard is the person, the stand, your minimum standard should be uh, they're important enough for me to take a chance on them. I don't know. Do you experience that a lot in ministry?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, sometimes people do feel it's like, oh, I'm not up to snuff. And uh, the, the truth of the matter is sometimes uh, you we are able to see in others what others don't see in themselves. Mm-hmm. And we need to call that, that out. But I think also, too. Um, with that, um, some of them, there's just very contextual training that's needed. Um, when you don't feel up to it or you don't feel like you're capable, something that's most helpful when empowering people is giving them the most specific task ever, mm. t- directing them exactly how you do it. Um, but then once they're getting trained and they're familiar with it, um, it leads to another part where it's like, well, now I want to give them ownership. And mm-hmm. so you give them a broad idea, but then, like, well, let your creativity um, show through that. Do it the way that you feel like would work best. And uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, we don't give the right leadership for the right situation. And that's where those other aspects of control could come in. We end up micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, true collaboration and empowerment is something that's uh, bi directional in terms of it benefits both people involved or the many parties involved.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, before we end here, is there anything else that uh, you guys would like to share? Um, about this theme, one thing I, I've been trying to do is continue to connect it to Lent and where we are in this spiritual journey. Uh, this coming Friday is, is Good Friday, um, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Gosh, uh, getting my weeks mixed up. And I think that, and especially for for what we're doing this year, is we're doing a Ten Embrace service, which is this this dark, full of lamentation, lamenting service, um, which I think is really unique, and, and I'm looking forward to that in a sad but excited way. Um, how how does this this idea of of collaborating how does this tie into uh, this journey in Lent?
2: so look look at what happened at the cross and uh, at the cross many things many things happened but one of them was Jesus telling John son here is your mother and telling his mother woman here is your son and then Jesus is dying <laughs> He's still delegating, you know, his family and mm-hmm. his disciples to take care of one another. So you're talking about pointing to the Good Friday. That's the, the, the day of the Good Friday, the, the day of the cross, basically, right? But even in that dark day, he's delegating his, one of his close, closest disciples, uh, the, one, the one who was, you know, reclining on his chest at the uh, Lord's Supper day, right? The day of of, of the passage or of, of, of Passover, right? Uh, and then he's telling him, here's your mother, here's your son, here's your mother, here's mother or mother, or women, here's your, your son. Even at the cross, when you, you are experiencing most suffering, and talking about suffering, when you are suffering, that's a good time to ask for help and even to delegate Uh, power and authority and honor, whatever, right? And uh, look at the cross, too, when uh, Jesus is saying his last words. What is he saying? He's asking, Father, where are you? Hmm. Remember? Mm -hmm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's still looking for a father. I mean, so I always see that, well, not always, but I I get to see this. Collaboration happens even when it's not the most... Uh, what they call ideal moment. Especially so, you need more collaboration. So I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about using pain not always as a lamentation, which is important to do that. We're going to do that on Friday, Mm Gary. You and I are going to do that too. I'm going to be there too, God willing. But also as an expression of empowerment. Can you help me? Will be a good expression. Uh, Look at the people's face when they are asked. And you will see the difference when the, when you ask the right person. Hey, can you help me, please? Mm. Um, there is a book that is called Le- "Leadership from the Inside Out." Leadership from the Inside Out. The main principle is not a Christian book, but the main principle is every single person is ready to be a leader. Are you willing to to allow them to be so? So yeah. uh, that's my kind of my final thoughts on regarding that particular it's great.
0: Um, issue. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tim. You're did welcome. you have anything?
1: Yeah, um, I think that as we're in the season of Lent heading into Good Friday, um, part of it is just this idea of creating space for God, letting go of different things. One thing that we didn't talk about, but I think it's all over, this aspect of uh, from control to collaboration is oftentimes it's our pride that gets in our way. And, um, you know, being able to do that is letting go of our pride. Um, But we even, uh, you know, seeing the example of Jesus that when there are demands on his time, demands on his attention, what he actually did was withdraw create space for God, um, so much so that people are looking for them. And uh, so I think that in this time as we're heading toward Good Friday and Easter Sunday, um, thinking about what are the aspects of pride that I need to let go of. Um, what are the places that I need to create more space for God to be able to center and be on him? Um, and I am glad that we have these rhythms in our, uh, church calendar. It's always to be, you know, good to be reminded of uh, this time of Lent, Good Friday and Easter Sunday.
0: Very good, very good. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. I just want to thank you for being a part of this show and uh, hopefully um, just speaking in some people's lives. I also want to thank our listeners uh, who tune in every week to to dive a little bit deeper, but also talk about how we can apply these things to our life. A great way to connect uh, with PPC is on our social media. Uh, You can check us out on Facebook, uh, Central Presbyterian Church and Instagram, uh, Placentia Church. And uh, on Facebook, you can catch our sermon live on Sunday mornings and the video. And it's also there throughout the week. And then you can check out this uh, podcast and other ones on our website, ppc.church. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much.